0: Hello, welcome to Fake Magic and my name is Jordan. I am Matt. Um, what up?
1: Is Che Guevara's birthday today?
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, happy birthday, Che. My friend Ridge will be pretty happy about that. That makes people so upset too. My favorite <laughs> thing is when uh
1: Yankees are so quick to be like dude, like Che and Fidel murdered so many people. It's like king okay, yes they did who were those people let's talk about that and i'm just gonna go ahead and say i'm not a tanky i'm not a communist i do think mao is cool uh also i love when i love when yankees get mad about mao murdering millions of chinese people but then they're like the ccp is domineering and we need to go to war with them it's like you need to pick a hill to die on and be dead already like if you don't if you want to see chinese people dead then you have to understand that Mao's cultural revolution killed a lot of Chinese people. I understand that that's like inverted thinking, but I just just always find that right really poetic that they're really quick. And also, the United States has such a track record of abhorrent war crimes. Our pr- our every day our prison industrial in complex, the USA our prison industrial complex exclusively is heinous and the only reason that other countries don't call us out on it is because they need us as a trade either a trading ally a military asset uh, or they do and w- the western media suppresses them
0: like it's hilarious uh-huh. it's hilarious We're the neighborhood, neighborhood bully for sure
1: when you stop and think about the country of vietnam and how they have staved off this capital imperial insurrection since they told the french to get out and then the United States. So after they told the French, they're like, "Get out of here," and then the Americans were like, "No, we'll send in our military. We've got this." And then they got
0: killed by Vietnamese mm-hmm. farmers. Uh, it didn't. Uh, Mitch Horowitz go over why the U.S. Lo- basically lost the war. I, I that feels familiar, but I don't. I think so. I was re. It was like a week or two ago. I was re-listening to parts of um, the Miracle Club by Mitch Horowitz. Uh, highly recommended especially if you're skeptical because he takes a really pragmatic uh, viewpoint on it, it
1: feels almost like a self help book yeah uh, and if that's not well, your, it is but. right but it, it it reads in the literature style of a self help book mm-hmm. do you know and I'm not that I don't mean that to be a bad word
0: but he, sa- he was saying the US failed to pr- procure a moral consensus amongst the general population right which it was immoral anyway, so like I'm glad they didn't, but that was a major factor.
1: Well, when you look at okay, so this is actually a really good segue to that Adam Curtis doc that I've been watching. Can't get you out of my head. And for those of you that are listening to this, that I have been annoyingly recommending it to, uh, it I, I'm going to recommend it again. It is that good. But like, what's crazy about it is the idea. That Adam Curtis is making is that the imperialists of the West have been making decisions for the people for the last 250, 300 years. And that the reason that our culture feels so sterilized is because we aren't living our culture. We're living this canned product that they are giving to us. Yeah, it's procured. And so what... He uses as examples of times that that started to either slip away or people stopped believing in it in a big enough force that it caused things to destabilize like it is right now was, uh, during, uh, Mao Zedong's cultural revolution. And he uses Mao's wife, Zheng Qing, and she was a very famous actress in China and she fled to where the communists were in the mountains, staging their revolution and basically what she started to realize when she spent time around these revolutionaries was you can be literally whatever you want to as long as you act the part. And so mm. the premise of the Cultural Revolution... That's was, how
0: uh, social engineering happens. It's exactly... In
1: IT. it's oh, oh, okay, okay. I was thinking something different. But I'm. what's fascinating is when they had the Cultural Revolution and the state seized all the land, they told the... The youth, they were like, what China do you want to see? What's the China that you want? Go make it. And they fired up all of these youth. That's a really simplistic explanation right. of Maoism. Uh, well, I, that's not even Maoism. That's just a cultural revolution. And 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 <coughs> as far as if you're wondering how we ended up where we are right now. I mean, happy birthday, Che! You would love this. What happened is the United States is prolapsing through its own asshole. Mm. Uh, this empire is going to collapse in your that. lifetime. Not me. And China is going to take over as the global superpower. But here's the thing. They're not going to take over as the global superpower like the U- United States did. They're not going to go and invade all of these other countries and they're not going to balconize regions. They're not going to do that. What they're going to do is encourage localized individualized governments and I'm not saying that the CCP are spotless in their reign either I don't think they're a dictatorship I as far as calling them a surveillance state I think you have to tread very lightly because I think we opened that Pandora's box 30 years ago and there's no closing it anywhere it is gone it is Mm -mm. gone if you don't think that you are heavily surveilled in the United States if you don't think that you're surveilled on the same level in the United States as they are in the in in communist china you are gravely mistaken we are way we're, better we're prob-
0: at it we're probably more surveilled because mm. more people have the devices and, in their pockets well and well and our population is quite a bit smaller and well, than china
1: what's trippy too is china has a more robust middle class than the united states does now a significantly more robust middle that class. that doesn't
0: surprise me because the our middle class has been
1: exported to China. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) quite frankly, I mean, what China's doing now is industrializing Africa. I feel like I've talked about this on the pod quite a bit, so I won't rehash this, but basically I'll be brief. So I suppose is they're going to Africa, industrializing them, building roads, getting them access to utilities and resources. And then the other thing they're doing is leaving them alone. They're not claiming them as states of the Chinese empire. They're not, they understand that the people like it, When you look at Xi Jinping, you can say whatever you want about him, but everything, when he's doing things for the interest of China, what he's truly doing so far as I see is if he, if the Chinese liberate another country, that country is going to lift itself up and vicariously that will help China.
0: It's a good strategy.
1: That's that's the way that I see it. It's less harmful, like, and and it's like when you read about the imperialism. I know that this is going to really uh, make some khakis chapped amongst my neoliberal friends. And quite frankly, I think you need to revisit the Hong Kong protests, which were propped up by the United States. Uh, they were propped up by imperialist England too. I mean, so many of those Hong Kong protesters were bad faith actors. So many of them. And this just the the history behind Hong Kong alone is one that has to be explored and understood more. And when you look at like the state of Taiwan uh, and how China keeps saying, okay, this is cute. Like you're still a part of China. And then the West keeps prodding. Like, just think about it like this. Think about a resource rich utility of the United States that isn't within the landmass of the United States declares its independence and then China bolsters that the United States would have a meltdown and they did. And that was what happened in Cuba. It's the same exact idea because in the United States, they wanted to make Cuba the 51st country. They keep they keep state. talking or 51st state. Thank you. They keep talking about this too, they being the political powers that be when Fidel died and Ra, uh, Raul took over. Uh you have the former vice president Mike Pence. He wasn't in office at the time, but he said he said an old phrase. It was like it's like El Cuba de Libre or something like that. It's like liberate Cuba. This is this propaganda that the West sent to Cuba all through the red scare of the Cuban Missile Crisis era of just this, uh, all, all this bullshit that was happening at the time. But he echoed this. This is like in the mid two thousands when Fidel died, and then after that they said, "Yeah, it, all China has to do, or all Cuba has to do, is become the fifty first state of this country, and it will solve all their problems." But the Cuban people want to be Cubans, like they want they yeah, are they don't liberated.
0: want to be Cuba of the United States. They're liberated.
1: Now they're missing like a lot of the technological advancements that we are because they've first of all been stifled from the West since we put up the embargo in 1959. Mm -hmm. But it also, when you look at China, the approval rate of the government in the country of China is at
0: 85%
1: right now. 85%
0: approval. You don't think it's doctored? I think it is to some extent. What do you think the margin of error might be? Let's, like, if you just took let's a wild be gracious, stab.
1: let's be gracious and say that the margin of error is twenty percent. Okay, twenty five. Let's do tw- a nice number, twenty five percent. Okay, and let's put them at at what sixty percent. Sixty percent approval, that is still higher than right. it is in the United States.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, and I don't know much about um, Chinese politics. Sorry to dig right no, into you're good. geopolitics. I just am so you're fascinated good. by it because it's. I'm, I'm learning. Um,
1: one of the fastest ways to Expose yourself to American propaganda is to there's two really quick ways that I would recommend. I have a dear friend who I asked uh, two weeks ago, are you a Marxist? And he was like, no, I'm not a Marxist. I study history through a Marxist lens. And I that is such a healthy way to interpret it. Didn't Marx himself say he wasn't a Marxist? Yeah, I don't know the theory that well, and to and I have my own beefs with uh, Karl Marx too. I don't like. I I have hangups with communism. I'm a fan of it in the abstract. I'm a a non-materialist, non-dialectical materialist for sure. Like I think our culture and our magic in this Western society is all attached to material objects. It causes our persona, our affect to be exploited out of our body, and it disorients us from any sort of community hegemony i I think our community disconnection and our consumer culture are tied together i think they're part of the same thing i could see that uh and and, can i elaborate on that no uh do i still believe it yes am i gonna change my mind no i'm just kidding um (laughs) well and like with dialectical materialism this idea that like everything that we're creating and procuring and putting into the world, these material, tangible things that we can figure our way out of them by making more of them is just so wrong. You know in your heart it's not real. I,
0: I don't I, I, don't think that was the way it always was even in like the 1800s. I think, I truly still think, and we did the epi- episode uh, Think and Grow Dumb a while back. I think that the early, like late 19th century early 20th century new thought was built around the idea of of, uh, production and accumulating capital and that sort of dug itself into a hole that we now have to re-engineer and tweak those uh, new thought ideas in a manner that is just more cohesive for human existence
1: so uh, Adam Curtis talks about this in his documentary too I'm gonna butcher some names but I got the timeline right there was this religion that was created in the 50s, 60s, and it was basically a form of chaos magic that had been sterilized to, like, a Western cultural religion. Scientology? No, <laughs> no. It, it it has less bad uh, connotations. I feel like it starts with a D. Um, I will come back to it. But basically, it was these two guys. Uh, the, Dick worship. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was part of the gay revival or the gay <laughs> revolution. Yeah. Um, is it di- Dianetics? Dianetics. Yeah, that's Scientology. But, oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, di- I di- didn't realize that's L Ron Dianetics. Hubbard
0: wrote Dianetics. Oh, okay,
1: okay, okay. So tre- I was right. You were right. So hey. check this out. This is the trippy thing about Dian Do you know Okay, so the guy who came up with Dianetics, it was yeah, L Ron wrong. Hubbard. Okay, I I have to be getting the name wrong. I have to be getting the name wrong. Cuz you should just watch the documentary because I'm genuinely What was it called again?
0: This. I'm like uh, half. I, I slept so oh, bad last. night. Can't I'm get like,
1: you out of my head. It's a six-part documentary okay. series by Adam Curtis. It's so good. It's like artistically good, and he has access to the entire BBC archive. Oh, great! So he, all of it, all of it that you're watching, feels like not found footage, but it feels like, it feels like you know, those art pieces where it was like pieces of magazines cut out and then you created something on like a poster board and it was like all these magazine cutouts, not like a ransom note, but like, right. but you just see like all just of these the crazy letters. It's like a picture of Justin and... Timberlake and then a McDonald's sign behind him. And then like mm-hmm. the PGA tour, like uh, uh, a <laughs> uh, green behind that. That's how an Adam Curtis documentary kind of feels to me I feel like that kind of does a disservice to it. But he, and he's narrating over it the whole time, but he was talking, I'm going to butcher this. I'm so sorry, guys, If especially if you go and listen to this uh, or if you go and watch the documentary, please correct me. There was a guy that invented a religion in the 40s, 50s, uh, and, and he has the credible sources Adam Curtis does. And he wrote a book about a rebel from the Marines, and he based it off of Lee Harvey Oswald because he was in Lee Harvey Oswald's unit. And then Lee Harvey Oswald went on to assassinate the president. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like Adam Curtis wow. has this with BBC footage of this guy being interviewed by the BBC going, yeah, I realized that I had more mental power than I thought. And he's basically connecting the dots, suggesting that he initiated the JFK assassination with his consciousness. Through magic? Through magic. Yeah. Well, we, it's uh, like... Adam a, Curtis does not use these words. Adam Curtis does not use these words. He's Right, talking,
0: but he, he put it... He feels like he put it in the zeitgeist that this had to occur. That's exactly. Uh,
1: gosh, I I wish I remembered. Well, and,
0: uh, Neville Goddard talks about, um, there's a book written sometime before the Titanic sinking happening. Right. And it talked, it talks Uh, about the the biggest ship. the, 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 and there were like, uh, insane, um, parallels with the Titanic and, uh, the book was called futility and it was supposed to be the biggest cruise ship in the world supposed to be unsinkable didn't have enough lifeboats, um and uh, the the name of the ship in the book was insane it was like the titanica or something or the titan dude I, I think it was called the titan and then like you know, twenty or forty years later, the Titanic happened, and it was—it's it, uncanny how similar to this book, Futility.
1: You want to hear something? Really I'm pretty sure
0: that's what it's called. I'll—I'll I'll research it and put it in the show notes. Something later. I
1: will also get that religion because that's going to make me a little self-conscious. Yeah. Check the show uh, notes, guys. Yeah, please. We're going uh, off the cuff that's like today. Our, that's our bibliography. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to hear something trippy about that? Like pu- pushing something into the zeitgeist. If you look at Michael Bay movies from the '90s every single one every single one and this isn't my i think they do uh, that on
0: purpose i think hollywood does it on purpose okay
1: i do too but check this out in every michael bay movie up until 2000 there is a scene of a plane crashing into a tall building
0: oh that's so weird it's really gross
1: sometimes i think about it and it makes me feel like i'm on an acid trip where it's like everything just keeps happening over over and over and over and over and i'm just like oh my god welcome like to how reality. Many, yeah it's like how many times have, have there been like I'm not trying to be like too like meta-y and like trying to because I think it can end up being kind of corny but it's like how many times has something happened that was being repeated cyclically and I I, I can't help but think that before coronavirus Everyone, uh-huh. everyone that I was talking to right before COVID took off was like, yeah, something's coming, something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. Oh, everybody could feel well, it. Yeah. When I first moved everybody. to, I moved to Vegas in October of, two, or September of 2020, and ev- or 2019, and everybody was like, yeah, there's something like right around the corner something right around the corner. Now, I didn't have anything that felt like a synchronicity suggesting that it was going to be health related, um, I just kept, I kept having these thoughts and they could have been delusional mildly, but I was entertaining them like daydreams um, and I wasn't acting on them. It was just more an exploration of my consciousness just to, so I can clarify what I meant by that. I kept having these thoughts of powerful figures and it almost felt like they were on a wheel and the wheel was moving slowly, like mm-hmm. a, sh- a changing of the guard and I'm not talking like politically. I'm talking like stream of consciousness wise. Mm-hmm. It felt like something new was coming. And that was like what was churning through this. I, for some reason, I keep thinking about Andrew Yang. Mm. I keep thinking about Andrew Yang. I kept seeing his face. It haunts me. Uh, no, I, I actually, I like Andrew Yang as a person. I disagree with him politically quite a bit, but um, I just kept seeing his face over and over and over again. And I kept being like, why, what? what the hell is going to happen? And, uh, yeah, I, I was also, I was on an acid trip one time and I was having this thought that like Nancy Pelosi was a computer and like, <laughs> she was like floating around. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the spy kids movie where George Lopez was the villain Jesus. or wait, that was shark boy and lava girl, which are basically the same thing.
0: I was thinking about this is, it's weird that you bring up, uh, spy kids. Cause I was thinking about spy kids oddly a lot this past week really because i was like as a kid i was like i i enjoyed mind you as a kid the first and the second one <laughs> oh yeah
1: they've aged like milk too that cgi um, is nutty
0: but even when i was young and i saw spy kids 3d mm-hmm. i was like this just fucking sucks yep so bad my first even as movie. a kid i was like this dude all, I can't. The,
1: all 3d movies suck yeah, I, that would be something I would be cool. Yeah, I'm not a Dude, huge. If COVID I'm not a huge killed fan of 3D
0: movies, I would be so cool with that. Honestly, I think 3D killed itself because I mean, I had a 3D phone. I had an HD, what was it, an HTC Evo 3D, um, and you can like watch anything that was in the 3D file format you could watch on the phone. Uh, and they were trying to sell 3D TVs and do the glasses, and it just never took a hold because it's. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it's in front of you. It's coming like It's ahead of, it's, it's no.
1: coming. It's ahead of itself.
0: I, I think. I think VR is going to replace it. Well, I agree. Well, I think for all replace intents and purposes, 3, it
1: it crawled so that VR could run. I sure. think is truly where where we are with that. Um, one thing I've noticed lately, and it's it's very it's a very psychedelic thing. Uh, this is for all of my uh, all my sports watching fans. Um, they're switching camera qualities in sports mm. but dig this dude they're not doing it the whole game they're only doing it in like certain cameras in certain places it, for like cinematic moments I kid you not so you'll be like watching the game and it'll go to halftime and Kevin Durant's walking to the locker room and all of a sudden you have like the most high definition television you've ever seen in your life <laughs> It, it's nuts. They did it in the NFL this year, too. Like, there, when there was a touchdown celebration, they would have the HD cameras there, and you'd be watching the game, and you'd be like, it looks like a fucking video game. Do you think it's because of the cost? That they aren't doing it entirely? Yeah. Um, okay, so that I might I tend factor to in. think... Yeah, I don't think there's a conspiracy to it. What I'm saying is... uh. What I'm saying right now is go back and watch something from live television from 2015, six years ago, and see how old it looks now. 2015. I watched a highlight clip from 2015 today, and that thing looked like it was from 2005. And things from 2009, oh, dude. Like, if you go back and watch a football highlight from 2009 right now, it looks like it came out in 2001. Mm Mm-hmm. It, and it's crazy. Like at the time, we were like, "Yes, that, that is high definition." Mm-hmm. And now it's just like it. Like I just can't. I try to not overthink it in the moment because I think it can really detract from the moment. Yeah. But sometimes you're in the moment and you're like, "I am in a piece of history right now that I'm going to reflect on." And it's like, "Where was I? What was I doing? Like, what is these affects that I have?" I think that when I'm watching playoffs basketball, you know, because there's been history during this NBA playoffs. Not to keep going on about you're professional good. sports, but yeah, I just kept thinking like. Oh, this is where I was when I was watching this. Like, I remember where I was when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Like, things like that. And it's like, that that was a timestamp. Yeah. Uh, but um,
0: I just wonder, I think eventually technology will get to the point where we understand reality and consciousness enough that we can literally sit somebody in, like, a cube. Now, hopefully this doesn't cause any psychosis to think about and just generate matter around you. So you might as well be in the moment.
1: What if that's where we are right now? I've thought this before. Oh yeah. What, what, dude.
0: What, what if, if we're brains and vats or if we're sitting in a cube where just mattered uh, <laughs> buffers around us like GTA five and like,
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. So dig this. I've like, I was actually writing a song the other night and I was like thinking to myself, like this must be what the, tail end of the Ouroboros feels like.
0: What, where everything gets really weird?
1: Yeah, everything gets really weird because you're at the beginning and the end simultaneously. I think we are. I think we're I think, we're, we're, I think there. we're at the tail end of the Ouroboros. Yeah. Um and that's why I love the snake representation of the Ouroboros where it's eating its own tail. Because mm-hmm. the idea is you're simultaneously dying and be being born. Mm-hmm. And uh what's sick with that to me is like what if our current consciousness, this plane of consciousness that we exist on right now, the biological plane, is dying, and we're getting uploaded to the next stream of consciousness, which is technology?
0: I don't think it can die. Okay, well I think it can change. Oh, I think
1: it needs to. I think I, I all I think death is is a celebration. Personally, I, I think do it's agree. like a mile marker where like something has finality. It's like I I I've said this before, like. The reason I've been like watching like a movie that had me completely sucked into it, you know, and you're at the end of the movie and it's just like really emotional and you're like, oh, this is almost over. Like, no, it's almost over. I've I've like been in a movie theater when a movie was over and been sad that it was over. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's that's deliberate. That's deliberate. Like it being over is what makes that sensation. It's what tethers all of the emotions because it's giving it. Uh, a space in linear time
0: yeah it's sort of a liminal space too where you can when you feel sensations like that it's it's actually a good idea to put stuff out like intention and all of that
1: oh that's actually a really good point and i would also add to that uh it's a really nice feeling to sit with Mm -hmm. i love that dude getting all watching the sopranos during covid top to bottom and just finishing the last episode and just sitting there and being like I I just watched I just watched one of the most important shows of of all time right and I was just it sucks when they end it bad I love how they ended it I oh, love I'm not talking about Sopranos, Sopranos, but oh, I, I just mean it, I mean con- like HBO it, shows. Sopranos is mildly um, controversial. That's why I, I didn't oh, know if you were suggesting that. No, I haven't seen it. It's not it. like Game I of Thrones. Game of it. Thrones, honestly, eh, do yourself a favor and never watch that show. Well, it will. You'll be disappointed towards the end. It's devastating. Honestly, I think you can get off the ride after. Do the you think there season. was
0: something in? I don't know if it's like our current time space or like our. I've thought the Aeon. about exactly
1: what you're going with, No,
0: all of these great acclaimed shows like so there's dexter there's uh, game of thrones shameless. shameless shameless
1: just had the most milk toast ending of all time how i met your mother
0: yeah oh Dude. that was a bad one well, they, they actually rewrote and did an alternative ending because of the amount of hate, hate. they got yeah but it's uh, hard
1: to like reverse engineer that when you've got but, it off the rails at the start of the season
0: like but what do you think it is that is causing everything the, as far as like a serial TV show to just end horribly and unsatisfactorily. What like, if it's
1: a meta critique of reality? I mean, this is how be. I like to extrapolate art, and I oh, I really try to not meta critique art because sometimes it, I, the one that is off limits as far as I'm concerned is music. Uh, I will never meta critique music because that. Just makes me upset i 'm not saying i 'm right or wrong, I just refuse and I refuse to engage in it but well, uh, that film hits, I that always hits will. close to home though yeah i don 't <laughs> like when people try to unravel music like this this rant goes out particularly to every art school neon hair colored girl that mm-hmm. I have argued father John Misty lyrics with every Father John Misty song is about you, like you are the problem. Anyway, I thank you for letting me get that Got out of him. my system. Yeah, I just oh, I've, I've like I I've, before like I was trying to explain what I and I, mind you, this was asked of me. I wasn't ejaculating this into the wild. I literally was asked what I thought of this one right. song you didn't about just show up up man. And I was like, Oh, mansplain. yeah, this is exactly what I think it is. Here, here, here. And she was like, Well, he says this, this, and this. And I'm like, I, I don't know who you're arguing with. I we are talking about the same thing. We just couldn't get on the same page. And I was like, this is literally what the fucking song is about. And I am just going to stop right there. Cause that is so <laughs> ironic. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a lesson to me and attachment. Um, anyway, I digress going back to film and going back to Sopranos, going back to horrible endings of TV shows. Um, there. <sighs> We've either experienced the end times. We're going through the end times or we're out of the end times. Or all three simultaneously?
0: Um, I think we're on the other end of it. Really? Um, Yeah, I do. Mm. I I think we hit the reset button, whatever that was. And I think we're just beginning whatever the new thing is. Uh, And the reason why it doesn't feel that way is to see an age come into blossom takes decades, if not hundreds of years. So it's not going to look that different. Sure. But I, personally, I feel something is, I has changed. I do too. Significantly.
1: Um, I, I'm unbearably optimistic. That G7 summit, sorry to go right back to world politics on my stream of consciousness, but that G7 summit, I don't know if you're familiar or current mm-hmm. with it. So all the Western powers met up and they are basically like, the the message between the lines so far as I'm concerned was, China has handled their COVID response much better than the West has. We need to come up with a better solution as the G7 summit. And all the Western powers were like, yes. Mind you, Joe Biden fumbled through a speech that is legitimately incoherent to the point that he would be in a nursing home. And I'm not even saying this negatively. Do you think he's becoming really senile? He bounced. Dude, he kept mixing up Libya and Syria. And it's like the thing that blew my... And this is not a stutter this is and I'm not putting him down in the regard of like that he is getting old. I'm putting him down as the leader of the United States of America um which okay again, I also think that he is an analogy to whatever this like fucking thing that we are in is and how it's like dying and incoherent I think we got exactly what we asked for I because because he is so stupid like he's just like dumb and,
0: and yeah. he, he
1: was mixing up Libya and Syria and he was talking about Assad and like, he just didn't know
0: what the, could be was dementia. The, it, um, I think this points to like several factors like that. He's just basically a front like spokesman. Oh yeah. I like mean, a, like a fall guy for the CIA, he, FBI, he's, and all he's
1: the, the pony, he's supposed to be the pony stuff. that you get to show off. Like, he... I mean, that's that's what the uh, epitome of a true statesman is. I mean, the best statesman of my lifetime was Barack Obama. He was such a good statesman. I loved listening to him talk. Everything sounded like poetry.
0: Yeah, at least he tried to look and sound regal. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, dude, like, at least... At least pretend. Yeah, they're giving him you the care, no, they're you giving know? him
1: the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm like, dude, just skip the pleasantries, give him a fucking Oscar, dude, because I'm <laughs> I'm totally give a, sold. Give him a Tony I, Award. And, 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 well, and like his, I mean, his legacy is slowly unraveling at the seams. I mean, how can you take well, how can nothing you take actually this happened? Country seriously nothing anymore? happened during like, his I don't know a single you know? person. I don't know a single person <laughs> no. who is taking this country seriously anymore. No. And not just that, dude. Dig this. Um, the this right. echoes, <laughs> dude. I, but they're not taking this country seriously. I think they're taking a deluge, deluded, or that's that's not the right phraseology. They're taking a delusional frame of what they think the cabal in Washington is, what they w- think America was in the fifties, and what they want it to be now. And they're trying to make it a smorgasbord of the three. They don't have enough of the hive mind agreeing with them anymore. Nobody mm-hmm. knows. There's not a it's focal point to believe them. in. Adam yep. Curtis talks about this in his documentary that, like, China, what unified China was they could have regional differences, they could have ethnic differences, they could have uh, cultural differences, uh, artistic differences, um, they could be feuding territories, but they were all united in one China. And this is what made them the tyrant. I don't like using the word tyrannical. They are respectfully because they genuinely control everything. Dude, they control so much stuff, they control our debt. That's yeah. that is remarkable. Well, I mean, we, this, this is, game uh,
0: this is like the late stage capitalism eating itself, this like is, the this game is so when, uh,
1: almost done.
0: Because you have like unbelievable amounts of foreign power buying up like U.S. real estate, and there's like, weren't you, weren't we talking about this? Where like the, or did I read about it? Where the sheiks came to like L.A. and like wrecked their Lambos from the Middle East in like the hills of Beverly. <laughs> Really? AKA Beverly Hills. That's so wild. Uh, they're they're seeing America because like they get so rich off of these like conglomerate, like the OPEC stuff. And they come over here and the Russian oligarchs yeah. have an insane amount of Dude, American how is real it,
1: estate. Um, how is it for the last 80 years, a country with the GDP of fucking Italy has bullied the greatest country in the world? Tell me, uh, I I will tell you exactly how Russia's done it. It's by being the most Russian Russia that they could possibly be. And as I I think the best thing that happened to Russia was the collapse of the Soviet Union, because it really weeded out who didn't believe in Russia anymore, and then they turned into even more of a concentrated power. Mm-hmm. It was just like okay, I know where you stand. And then look at like Belarus. Like honestly, it's eating itself alive because it doesn't know where its alliances are. I'm really speaking off. Cuff and I, to to my geopolitical friends, please feel free to uh, have discourse on this. And 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 uh, I would love. We're going off of our brains right now. So if we say incorrect stuff, we apologize. Well, and it's like it's (laughs) hilarious to me when you look at the fact that like the only reason that we bullied Afghanistan during the seventies and eighties was because they were a socialist state, and and like there's this constant constant argument about the regional control for Russia that the United States wanted, but like any any seventh eighth grader that was in boy scouts that read a little bit of military history aka me knows that you don't invade russia from the west napoleon tried it hitler tried it both of them fell almost exclusively because of it it's like neither yeah it's like uh, give me a break if you think the united states is going to invade russia from afghanistan like get get give me a break but the yeah, Afghanistan wanted to be the Afghani Republic.
0: So this is a uh, my just for me personally the biggest evidence that like UFO UFOs or like ultra terrestrials or whatever are stopping us from launching nukes is like how the fuck has it not happened yet since uh, other than nuclear testing? Okay, you know, I think but
1: this is a very. Did oh, you stop did recording?
0: Just, hold on. That's
1: okay. It looks like it's still going. I see the time on it.
0: Oh, it's still going. Cool. I'll, I'll just cut it out.
1: Oh, I like it. We'll just go. Okay, fair enough. We'll go with um, it. So, what was it? Uh, oh, I actually... This is a spicy hot take, and I understand that this can be come, come across as a little selfish. I am going to stick by it with what I know now. I actually think the biggest peace offering... That the world was ever presented was the nuclear bomb. I think it's a peace derivative device. Uh, Every time somebody talks to me about nuclear Holocaust, I'm like, you have to factor in time. Linear time as we know it. If there had been a nuclear winter, this timeline would be so scrambled, you wouldn't even know up from down. We would be like, like, the catastrophic implications of a nuclear winter would fuck with the past. And I'm mm-hmm. not gonna defend myself on that, but I am right. Um what how I will elaborate on that though is like uh, humanity as you know it would cease to exist, right? And Pretty then much. it's like so then Pretty it's much. like the beginning and the end of humanity is just like this blip on the radar of time that's observable. But then it's like it's not observable unless there's somebody to observe it. Yeah. Then it inherently the doesn't exist. Yes, yeah, uh, so so when you're talking about like the the extraterrestrials or ultra terrestrials whatever they're wanting to call them now, coming
0: UAPs and, and
1: yeah and mind you it's I think a one. lot of I think a lot of this bullshit that's coming from the Pentagon and all this cute these cute New York Times articles uh, just m- mind Ooh, you I, I'm I read gonna a tread lightly I'm gonna tread lightly uh th- this feels like a lot of CIA propaganda to get funding for space force and I and for the Navy and I'm just really like I I just think that. The same way that with the evidence has presented been presented to me recently, I think the lab leak theory uh, in China could hold some truth, uh, but I do think that the CIA is bolstering it as a way to blame China to try to point yeah. blame. And I, I'm realizing I'm coming across as very like pro CCP, and I'm relatively neutral. Um, I just think that there's a lot. I think American propaganda is so ostensibly grotesque that you can't see the ends of it. I agree. And it's like when you meditate, when you meditate and you observe your thoughts and you start to see the edges of where the thoughts started and ended and you can go, aha, like this is where that stream of consciousness is. When I think about American propaganda, when I'm meditating, if I like just even explore that in a in like a tranquil state, I realize how fucking huge it is and it's like hard to observe it
0: uh i was thinking recently i'm wondering if american propaganda is so hardcore that i think we might be the most propagandized country on earth without a doubt more in my mind, more so than even the ussr i think more so than china the way that we bake it into our, we do such
1: a better job of baking it into our cake. So like a lot of yeah, these countries, it, it's
0: part of our culture. Here's the thing is Ad, like I'm advertisement
1: inherently nationalism can be a unifying tool and I'm not against nationalism. What I don't like is the subliminal everything is like, if there's one thing America does really well and it taught the rest of the world, unfortunately is how to advertise, how to subtly advertise bullshit to you. That's and, propaganda, and that's propaganda. Yeah, Every, propaganda
0: it, came before advertisement. Uh,
1: yeah, and I mean, and they're two sides of the same coin. Respectfully, it's, it is.
0: I mean, dude, advertisement you, is propaganda for your product. Well, go, that's go, it.
1: Go watch a Marvel that's movie from the Marxist context. Uh, well, let's even rephrase that, reframe it. Go watch any Marvel movie and and think about the CIA and think about how the CIA views itself. Is like this self sufficient, self cleaning organism. That is doing the right things for the public perception of reality, for global perception of reality. If you think about it, the CIA like that, and you go watch a Marvel movie, you realize that the CIA is directly in charge of all those fucking Marvel movies. Like, they have such a hand in making sure that that's happening how they want it to. Because the 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 relationship
0: between the CIA and Hollywood has been established since Disney.
1: It's why you're getting Joker movies right now too. It's also why you're, it's why you're getting girl boss Joker too. I know we've already talked about this. I don't want to like rehash that, but like it, the reason that you're getting both of these things is because it's the, it's the collective conscious being manipulated by some entity in the West trying to apologize for itself without having to say it out loud. Right. And being like, there is a bad side to it, but there's also an origin story like can't you have a little sympathy like
0: right it,
1: it, it just, just reminds me of this ben shapiro tweet
0: well it's like what happens when you dig yourself into that hole for when so you long, build you know? when you build your you
1: empire on blood it dies in blood yeah um and there's this ben shapiro tweet from columbus day and he was like today we honor a man who was mostly good despite what others will say and i'm like how about we frame Columbus as mostly bad? He's, and he then, was pretty bad. And then we, like and then we, and then we can log some <laughs> achievements if we're doing it from the lens of he was mostly yeah. bad, an evil, evil, selfish, and conniving, a, imperial person.
0: What a prime candidate for, like, the... Just as far as, like, a use case for propaganda. Like, it was known even in Columbus's day that there was, like, land uh, west of yes. the Atlantic. And it was pretty, I don't know if it was, they wanted to do like a unifying sort of like origin story and oversimplify the tale of the discovery of America and put it through like a invading imperialist lens to prop itself up that's yeah. probably exactly what happened actually but um. well and they look <laughs> they took a page out
1: of the Catholic Church's book I mean that's the other thing is is if you stop and look at the way that the United States is built it's built off of the clergy of the Roman Empire the Roman Empire is built off of the clergy of Catholicism
0: you could say that and we're co- just a continuation we of are a continuation of the Roman, Roman Empire. Empire they
1: actually make this case in the Sopranos that the mafia in in the United States is just the Roman Empire that's migrated over time. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. So like the, these mafia guys in America, the way that they're framed and apparently, allegedly this is like historically and contextually accurate to how the mafia portrays themselves. The Italian mafia, they like see themselves as the descendants of royalty because they're from the Roman empire, the greatest empire there ever was. And it's still here. They're creating it outside of the system. Yeah. Um, again that's a simplification but that's that's one of the big things that i that's that's a fun lens to view uh the sopranos through because uh like the premise of the whole show so far as i'm concerned you're seeing it through the kingpin tony soprano played by james Gandolfini, one of the greatest acting performances of all time uh and he keeps demanding all of these things from reality that he feels entitled to because he keeps doing these horrible things and he's like i need the payoff but he does horrible things to the people around him. And then he gets the karma back. Mm -hmm. And then he's always surprised by the karma that he gets back after he's like made these decisions. And it's just a game. It's like this petulant game of cat and mouse with his emotions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It starts out with him as a kingpin in the mafia or in the mob or whatever, uh, going to therapy because he keeps having panic attacks. That's how the show starts. It's the kingpin of the New Jersey mob who's in therapy because he's having panic attacks right and it's just this cyclical resuscitate or this repetitive nature of like you reap what you sow you reap what you sow i'm entitled to this i have attachments that reminds to me this. of uh breaking, breaking bad. bad breaking
0: bad is a which very... i've seen uh, most of breaking bad i i actually had to stop watching it because my depression at that time was getting so bad that just watching the show would caused me to spiral so i know how it ends uh but i stopped around like season four or something, it's a great show and in i some... was like i just can't i can't continue right now in my current state of mind
1: it's a great show in its own right it is not the sopranos i uh I, i'm all, i'm only saying that because i it gets sometimes in my opinion a little bit more credit than it deserves uh, i think better Calls, i think i agree with that i think better call saul is a better better television better, actually yeah but i, I to also to don't do need i also I don't need spicy one. action scenes um i really I, as a matter of fact if it's like if it's cinematic television episodic cinema cinema um i would almost prefer without the battle scenes unless they're really orchestrated like like one of the things that yeah is we need worth,
0: like marvel level
1: uh, battle of the bastards that's oh, one of the yeah. things that game of thrones nailed yeah. Oh, that that episode is just a testosterone-fueled fucking rage fest. I love that episode. Mm-hmm. And the reward of it, you earn it from all yeah. the shit you've been waiting for to and, happen.
0: And uh, spoilers, but like they had to sacrifice that just one more Stark before they gave the audience the payoff. I know.
1: And it's like poetic how they kill him too, yeah. and then the way that they uh the way that they kill what's his bucket, uh the the other ba- the other snow bastard. Renly. No. Uh, what's the name of the one that, wow. that he was married to Sansa and he was a real...
0: I can see his face. Disgusting.
1: God. He's the one that like perverted and mutilated Reek.
0: People are yelling at us right yeah, now. Yeah, right. I see his face. Name. He
1: has such a hittable face. I genuinely think he's the best villain in the whole show. Absolutely. He he. Second place for me is is um, Tywin Lannister.
0: Tywin was excellent.
1: Tywin as a character dude... Is so sick. What I love about they made him
0: understandable.
1: Well, yeah, and and the other thing, protecting his own. What I love about the Lannister family in Game of Thrones is how much they fucking hate themselves. Yeah, the Starks are like these. I can't stand the Stark family. I genuinely can't as characters in the show I think that they are dopey shit libs that like go like no we need to just continue to sustain the empire like we do our little meager parts and then we get what we we need in return and then when they go to King's Landing and it turns out that it's really corrupt they act like they're surprised but they've been talking about how it's corrupt the whole time so it's like you either need to like accept that it's corrupt or stop pretending that it's corrupt and then just like trying to they they just pick and choose their battles poorly that's really what their house's name or house's Model should have been. Now winter is coming. We don't know how to pick and choose our battles. Uh, oh, because, for sure. But yeah, because well, I mean, they just.
0: It was more than just, like, the luck stuff. There was, like, ugh, terrible decisions made. Yeah,
1: well, when the um, I mean, the Red Wedding alone is, like, a testament well, to Well, that was how, obvious. Like,
0: it, I could feel that, like, when they were going to uh, get married. I was like, I could feel it in my guts. It's a testament to I'm like, to something to how is wrong. And, and, um... I'm like, you don't make that kind of a deal and, and R- walk R- away Stark from... Stark
1: was a lousy character, too. Um, the original, the first five seasons, Jon Snow character is sick. Um, the first four seasons, Tyrion is really good. Um, five seasons of Cersei, really good. I don't
0: know. I liked Tyrion pretty much throughout the whole thing. Oh,
1: dude. When he does the whole jealousy thing against, um, what's her bucket? The girl of dragons, Jon Snow, that lane was the most cliche, like boring, like blah, 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 blah. Like he either needs to be the, um, like aloof miscreant sociopath rick sanchez thing like oh well i'm the conniving one because i was raised. this is my backstory there was something that happened to me that made me self-conscious and because of that now i'm witty and that's how i win my battles is with my wit like i'm fine with that character but please be that character the whole time like that he did some non-tyrian things at the end and I was like, "That's lame." Oh, when he like fell in love with I'm uh, gonna blame the writers. Yeah, oh, oh, oh! I'm not talking the actor. The I'm whore. talking about the I'm talking about DB Weiss and uh, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm talking sure. I'm talking the writers. The actor was great. Acted his ass off. This is not a critique of any of their acting. Um, anyway, I obviously have opinions about Game of Thrones. What a good... It is a good show if you can I'd, I'd say overall
0: it's worth it, but you, you, can, you just got to prepare yourself. If for
1: you have the self-control to quit watching after the fifth season, you'll be fine. And just read about the ending. And just read about the ending. You'll be fine.
0: Honestly, I, I didn't even hate the ending. It was just the execution. It's an ending that could have ended. It, it's it an the ending execution. that could have
1: written itself. They had so many things they needed to just close up. I didn't even need insane battle scenes. I just wanted the gossip. I wanted the hot goss, dude. Well, I you, wanted Jon Snow. The reason Snow. why
0: anyone started watching it was because it was so, it moved so slow. And it was and so political. It was so, not just political, but like meticulous in the details. Yes, yeah. And then just towards the end, it was like basically a cliff note ending of.
1: They mailed it in.
0: Of what they what could have been like five more seasons. That just makes me mad. And they didn't. They just didn't commit Did till the end.
1: You know, another really good HBO show is The Wire.
0: Mm, I heard that's what white people wouldn't shut up about before Breaking Bad came out. Oh, really? <laughs> that, okay. That uh, the punishment fits
1: the crime. That that show is really good, though. But that being uh, said,
0: I don't know anything uh, about The Wire, so I can't it's, say it's. For uh, I think
1: that's Idris Elba's best performance, actually. Uh, you
0: know, they had a. Uh, This is like the only thing I really know about The Wire, and of course I would know this, but they had a copy of Gems from the Equinox by Aleister Crowley in the background of one of the scenes. Really? Yeah. I don't Dude, remember where I stumbled across did that. Did you though. hear that with the, the most Which recent? Which I have a copy
1: of the, that. That's so sick. The most recent it's season. It's unintelligible. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. Okay. I want to get to that, actually, because I'm really curious if Crowley and there's a connection between Ulysses and Crowley. Um, but we'll, we'll arrive there. I just wanted to say uh, the most recent season of South Park in PC Principal's office, there's a portrait of Carl Jung
0: interesting
1: yeah dude i mean it's very obvious they're pretty it's they're, they're very, sort of self-aware it's very um, obvious that the south park well and and what sucks it, you want to talk about television that's taken a bit of a nosedive um i genuinely think after uber Ponage, or what is it like make love not warcraft is the name of the episode the warcraft episode of south park and do you think that's following?
0: The, do you think that's the delimiter of good and bad South park? Absolutely. Interesting. I never watched it past that episode. Is I stopped like watching regularly around like 2007, 2008. Really? Yeah. And I, I love old
1: South park in its own right. Old South park has a Mike judge beavis and Butthead feel to it. New South park post, uh, make love, not Warcraft has a much more coherent story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oh, dude! There, there is, there's a golden era of South Park. It's like the seven seasons after that that are just
0: so. Maybe I should go back. They are so it up. funny, dude. Well, because I loved South Park. The reason why I stopped watching is because my parents took cable out of my room. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That'll do it. <laughs> and then I just never like had the uh, uh, a draw to go back to watching it's, it. And, and it. it it's taken
1: a dip in quality. Every season, there's one or two good ones. Well, they
0: they always do though. Every when season, there's
1: one or two. Their COVID special was good.
0: Past, I, I feel like any TV show past season ten, you're like gambling.
1: Okay, so that's actually <laughs> that's actually a really good point. Um, and that's part of the reason. That's one credit I will give to Breaking Bad is they got off of the ride. Well,
0: and that's why I like mini series like Netflix mini series Chernobyl incredible chernobyl was incredible. one of the chernobyl was so good dude there's, i'm, sure, that, I'm there's sure there's a level of prop even western propaganda in that but regardless it was still fucking oh phenomenal. absolutely
1: I, well i mean yeah i'm if russia had the hollywood that we do they would very easily
0: make a bay of pigs hbo oh, yeah. series i would love to see that. i would i would too. I would watch that with captions if they did like a, oh a, yeah. a true to life as much as they could
1: oh yeah i mean well dude even uh, even just recounting the bay of pigs execution from the perspective of fidel castro is really interesting because he had been in the united states like two months prior that's where he first met Mikhail gorbachev right he met yeah. him in the united states you know where he met him in harlem dude and dig this yeah. dig this dude that Nixon, book that I showed you, the devil's chessboard goes all did into it. everything he could to keep Fidel Castro out of the poverty areas of New York City because he was afraid he would start a fucking revolution. Yeah, dude. That is nuts to think about. But he wanted yeah. to go to Harlem. There was this there's this really fancy hotel there. Um, and he. that's where he met Malcolm X. Uh, right. He also he also met. Um, um, Wasn't Angela Davis she the abolitionist uh, she is yeah uh, yeah I, i've got uh, i have a mixed very very mixed opinions about her so it's like v- that one's like a sore spot because she endorsed joe biden it's like you don't get to call yourself an abolitionist and endorse joe biden like you you sorry to like immediately bring this back mm-hmm. to like that but i just have to air out some laundry there like all these people that are giving themselves monikers still like if you still like have an ism that you ascribe to exclusively or an ist or an ideology that that's the only way of perceiving reality. And you can't accept that there's like a mil there's a million of them and that you need to curate it to your like personal flavor. Uh, you're part of the problem as far as I'm concerned. This is the reason I have a hard time talking like exclusively with Marxist Leninists or Maoists or Christians. I mean, it's all ideologues that don't want to like, they're they're too married there.
0: Yeah. They're too married to the, whatever the idea is. It's Um, like, how did you
1: get out of your worldview and then pick up another one?
0: Well, and one thing that really makes me sick just of hearing about it is like the capitalism versus socialism versus communism argument. When there's no country in the world that operates off of one of those ideologies, it's all—it's always a mix. Well, there's it, always a mix of like regulation and uh, deregulation, and
1: right—it's—it's I, it's I, never. I can—I can hear the Marxist Leninists arguing about the marketplace right now. So, uh, like I know the critique, uh, at least from a lot of my Marxist economists or my friends that aspire to be Marxist economists, suggest that there's still a marketplace within the economic system of Marxism, uh, again, theoretically. Yeah. Totally cool. I also theoretically think that we're part of a singularity, but until we arrive there, it's speculation. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I'm not mad about that. I just wanted to, make I'm a sure. big
0: proponent of studying your situation and maximizing your, uh, probability for your happiest outcome regardless of what situation you're living in
1: i am the biggest political (laughs) grifter and the biggest political fence sitter um i can tell you what i'm not and that's a sheeple america stand that pretends that we've never done anything wrong or when we have it was like well we were the avengers like that trope and all of these like
0: I feel like you and I get that All a lot. these Captain America were sure motherfuckers
1: like I I don't want to have any. I don't live in the same country as them. Like I'm I i do not have anything inherently against I'm them. I'm wondering if uh, we being live in, in Idaho different has something to do with that
0: cuz we're like Idaho's like a Idaho I feel like is a holdout for libertarians. The well not just that but the old idea of conservatism. Yeah, where old it's like conservatism, where it's like, like you, 60s. Revol- you revolt
1: you revolt against the government by not paying your taxes and telling them to come get them. Right. Yeah. Like right now, right now in uh, Northern Idaho, they're staging a rebellion. It's like (laughs) Owen Benjamin, that old comic and a couple other people are starting to build a commune. It's like really poetic. They're like trying to build a com. They're basically building a chat. Why does everyone want to go to Idaho? Idaho?
0: I've heard of, I mean, there's obviously the Nazis, but there's like like I've, I've stumbled upon Reddit. I think I've talked about it on the show before, but like there's like a cult Nazi commune. Yes, there is that. And they practice like astral projection and yeah. all that.
1: Right. And they uh, also, I mean, you could just, start by saying that Northern Idaho is really pretty. Uh, it's, it's a really pretty place. The whole visit. state is pretty. Yes, I agree. Uh, I agree.
0: For the most part. I mean, I, I almost have, all of it.
1: I have a, uh, my personal preference is Definitely Southern Idaho. It's like much. It's so docile. Everything east, southeast of Boise is great in my book. Yeah, um, yeah. I lo- like if you just go east across the state from Boise and everything south of that, I love. I love that. I
0: love the Sawtooths, and uh, the Sawtooths are great. Oh I want to go back so bad. On the, well, on the we te- need to do like a camping
1: trip. The- oh, totally. The east, the the Tetons on the western side are the best the, the tetons are the best in idaho like all you yellowstone fans you can argue all you want if you're from montana or if you're from wyoming the best tetons are in idaho it's fine it's not even a debate like it really doesn't have to be a debate the best the ones that people put pictures of and like ansel adam pictures and calendar pictures they're all in idaho that teton ridge that you're like looking at in your mind when i'm saying that phrase it's in idaho so that's that's cool um yeah I love that whole area though mm-hmm. I I uh, I love Montana in its own right like the western side of Montana and the western side of Wyoming. that whole area is is one of a kind. so I think that that could really contribute is. to it. but yeah, I as far as like political ideologies go and, and that I, I just wanted to backtrack to just say that one thing about Castro though when he met Gorbachev there. they only spoke for 20 minutes um, which I which I think is really interesting. Um, because a lot of these people weren't sold on Castro yet. A lot of these political powers because they didn't want to get into the firefight because the the United States was bombing Cuba. The United States was bombing Cuba, uh, because, uh, the United States almost exclusively got its sugar from Cuba. Mm. And after Batista got thrown out, they they
0: uh, tried to pull like a fruit land.
1: Yes. They, they were like, we're going to smoke you out and cut off all your resources. Um, And then that's when the Soviets started to give them support. Oh, well, and this is, dude, this is textbook United States bullshit. And they're like, This is also connected to the Israel Palestine conflict, too, like very directly. uh, This is the same thing Rationalization,
0: or like, they're going to put nuclear weapons here. It's like, well, what did we do to Turkey? They're doing what we already did to them. Well, and uh, (sighs) wouldn't you not blame a country to want to have like a level playing ground? The other thing (laughs) is, this is
1: the same thing when people say that, can you, like, how do you feel about North Korea having nuclear technology?
0: It's like join the good, club. Good. Yeah. Good,
1: good. Join us with Iran with and... needs to have nuclear technology. North Korea needs to have nuclear technology. Yeah. Palestine needs to have nuclear technology. All these countries need nuclear technology because the more countries that have nuclear technology the less countries have nuclear technology because yeah. if everybody has it it's not the cool thing
0: anymore yeah it's like uh, it's, I mean and this is like treading it's into like that the Incredibles movie. when everybody's super no one is exactly yeah exactly it, and the other thing is it's an e- equalizer it's yes. a great equalizer, and that's what I go yeah. back
1: to on the, the like nuclear w- war is never going to get brought up again in the mainstream because it's it, the, it's lost its merit even as the red herring Right. It's, it's so obsolete now. Uh, yeah. I mean, really. Well, it's it's much easier
0: to mind control and propagandize a population than it is to bomb them.
1: Well, and not only that, I mean, dude, the thing that China does now is basically, from my observation is the United States makes a ridiculous claim about China and China responds by being like, please, re- please focus on being accountable for your own atrocities like mm-hmm. we're doing our part to try to make ourselves better. And I think that that's the lens that I viewed the United States in is that I'm just really disappointed and disgusted that we have the audacity to point the finger at anybody.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. Like uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the same thing with the Israel-Palestine conflict. Like, like it's like the United States and like five other Western countries are the only ones that recognize Israel. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them all see Palestine as its own sovereign nation. And that's That's Palestine. It's not Israel. Right. And this is like this was the whole thing when Donald Trump moved the capital from Tel Aviv to Israel, which was so lame. Like the Christians just have this stupid larping fetish fantasy of like how important Israel is. And I, how it's they called, like, uh, prop it up.
0: It's, it's called John D. And the Empire of Angels. And it's, it's written so by Jason lame, Dude, It's so it, the, uh, the
1: Holy Land fight is so boring. So, like.
0: so you have radical Christians in the U.S. government that are literally trying to cause the, what, second, the coming. second coming yeah, by creating Israel and creating a conflict in the Middle East. And it's like, Well, number one, you don't understand true esoteric Christianity, which is you are God read Neville Goddard, right? Um, Or even, even if you read the acts of the apostles, like dude, uh, like the second coming is just your own awakening. That's That's exactly for every every human on the planet. It's not, it's nothing outside of yourself.
1: Dude. Even the King James translation of the Bible. If you go and read the acts of the apostles, so Christ is dead. You've got like the head honchos, Peter, Paul. Um John James. John is also writing a lot. James James does write a lot too. Uh, Paul writes to the Thessalonians. I mean, this is like basically the New Testament is like these f- guys who claim to have saw Christ are getting messages from these regional people who are like, "Hey, what was he like?" Right. And then they're saying, "Yeah, he basically said don't be an asshole." And explore your consciousness. And here's some parables. Here's some parabolic teachings that are going to really allow you to meditate and contemplate these things. I mean, that's a, that's a really meta critique of the the, the New Testament
0: too, is the, the Bible was solely intended to be interpreted metaphorically. If the writers of the Bible understood what would have happened, I don't think they would have published the teachings this
1: is the part of the bible that i actually think is bullshit especially the king james version i think i think the bible loses its legitimacy when you start measuring things with cubits and you start talking about like the regional affectations of the cultures at the time yeah and you start getting like the lineages mixed up this is the that's the other thing with the book of mormon I think the book of Mormon is the most interesting and most potently potent spiritually. If you don't need to know the logistics, if you just let it be fantasy novel and you get to go explore that world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that that's kind of a sensitive subject. Um, I still like get a lot of merit from the book of Mormon. Like I can go read it and I'm like, wow, you can, that that is badass. Like, like, I mean, there's things that happen like baked
0: into reality is meaning. Yeah, so I agree. So you can you can get meaningful meaning out yeah, of Yeah,
1: a Jungian approach to the Book of Mormon is yeah. fascinating. Um it's the same thing with the Bible though. I mean in in
0: But the Bible was intentionally written metaphorically. Yes, and, and the idea is that
1: well and like when you say metaphorically it's like you're expl- you're giving context to an idea that isn't to be taken figuratively. That's that's like what we're No saying. that
0: is meant to be taken figuratively
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. pardon me it's not meant to be taken literally right this is where i'm getting mixed up yeah 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 like the idea is that it has a macro explanation to itself that it isn't like no jesus said this and it's black and white you know like I mean, I even think about like, it makes
0: so much more sense. If you sit down and you realize the Bible contains no actual written history, which I think it might actually it contains, attempts to try. I think it might contain some actual history in it, but I, I think the, the majority of it is figurative and uh, was fiction.
1: But but when it's literal, um, the Christians want to deny it like the the New Testament, very black and white, says When Mary and Joseph were going to Bethlehem. And the only reason they were going was because it was the census. Mm -hmm. And if, if you believe that to be true, then you also have to look at the timeline of when the harvest started, which implies very plainly that it would have been like July, August. Mm -hmm. So it's so obvious that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December and not just that, but that, They stole that from the pagans, Mm -hmm. which is like, we already know this very much, but like anybody that's in the Christian bubble that's never contemplated like what if, or like the reality of that, that could be like earth shattering. Yeah. Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. You're telling me Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. You know, like, thank God they don't have a day that he rose again, right? Like, I mean, they have Easter Sunday, right? Yeah. But even that, and and again, that is a pagan tradition that has been stolen. Like the yeah. the bunny rabbit and the eggling is a uh, symbol. I'm sorry to, my, sorry to my pagan friends. Yeah, but there's like a name for some sort of God or deity in there that uh, has been. Ostara. Yeah, I think that's actually it.
0: Bravo. I think you got it. I don't remember if that was just the day or if that was the it's deity. Just, I It's just wild when you like one. see
1: that Christianity is literally just the imperial version of spirituality, yeah. it, that it commodified it.
0: I, I and just reading it because I've actually I've been reading a ton of uh, the Bible metaphorically That's what lately, That's and what it's been saying. throwing me through a loop. I'll it, have to get into it later. It, sure, it's but, fucking uh, wild. It's so obvious once you understand that it's metaphoric, and it's. Like, don't do these bad things to other people because you are those other people because you are God because you are God. And I'm like, and then I get, I get these paranoid thoughts. I'm like, what if you do a slight to someone? And because you did that, you have to incarnate as them and experience that end of it personally, like first person. How Here's weird is that?
1: Okay, I agree with you. I, I Okay, I've had the same thought. and how I've I don't got, know for sure. How I'm I've just gotten like, myself out of that. Shit, How if? I always get myself out of this thought loop of paranoia is I have to remind myself that that contemplation is including the variable of linear time. The only incarnation that you have experienced that exists on the linear timeline as we speak is this one that you're yeah. in. Well, the so,
0: argument is... It already exists. It already happened. It's already happened. That's so, like, the thing. It like, it's like God created basically an infinite amount of storylines with infinite unending conversations. And you, you just drop yourself into infinity and you're exploring it and it already exists. So like whether you hurt those people or not, they were already hurt. Right. Whether you're well, and more conscious over, of it or not.
1: Moreover, if you look at it from the Dharmic principle of it, you and this is we're we're treading into some i i we're treading into some esoteric principles and this gets a little gray and so I just want to go ahead and say that you not only needed to do that to those people but they deserved it mm-hmm. according to karmic law like yeah. the, this is when you wrong somebody that they their life their incarnation couldn't have been experienced any other way than what you did to them in that moment yeah this also treads well, into whether or not happens, we have free will uh which i more and more don't think that we do well it's it's uh, it's
0: just both like because i think uh i think that the universe operates on a quantum level which means both yes and no and that's the paradox and i think the universe operates on paradox Yes, um, cause, I agree. Because uh, like, oh, I am God, but I'm also this human. That's a paradox, you know. Yeah,
1: and you're also nothing.
0: Yeah, that's and everything. Th- exactly, if you are God. Well, and that's that's uh, the, that's again.
1: I know. I know uh, this is like my battle cry for the podcast, but that is what the yin yang is trying to tell us: yeah. is that we are everything and nothing simultaneously, and that's what puts us into this mortal coil that gets to experience grief yeah. and happiness so, and suffering.
0: So I believe we do have free will, and we don't. Yes, I agree. And I'm I'm really trying to work through that idea i don't think i've come to a, a, a good explanation for it yet i but, also don't know if I it's do something
1: think... on the uh horizontal timescape that we get to it um understand it's yeah. it might be something that I, I can't help but think that when we try to explore the idea of incarnations if it's an Archimedes principle and like you're, so you can fly really close to the sun, but you have to be careful or you or you will set yourself on fire. Yeah. And I, dude, the thing that I always think, the only thing that I think that we truly have control over, it, this is kind of a like r- morose way to look at this, but I think the only thing we have control over is whether or not we deliberately try to hurt people or ourselves. Maybe. I think
0: that... I, I, I don't know, because I, I know I've hurt people on accident. Sure. Um, and I've felt like immense guilt for it. Okay.
1: Do you think hurting someone and harming someone are the same thing? Yes. Okay. I don't know.
0: To me, those words are synonyms.
1: Okay, fair enough. I need to explore it more in my mind. The only reason I say that is because yeah. I, think, I think hurting is an action-based... Okay. Experience. I, I guess I think harming um, somebody is happens more in the conscious state. So I guess I don't think it happens on the material plane. as I much. guess
0: uh, one way you can like separate that in your mind is like, if there was intent behind it. Uh,
1: okay. And um, that, that comes back to whether or not it's occurred on the material plane or not, because this is right. This is the thing that I think about a lot when I think about free will. I think on the material plane, like I don't harm people on the material plane physically. Um, That's not part of, like, my incarnation. I've never really been, like, especially as I've gotten older, I've really settled down. When I was a kid, I used to be pretty aggressive. There's something about when I hit older age that I really mellowed out as far as, like, being confrontational physically. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd never get in a fist fight now. Yeah, unless my life depended right, on it. but I don't even like thinking about it in that regard. Like I am talking, because yeah, like, that would be different. Because you I, weren't thinking. I also out. don't like doing the what if scenarios. I think it's like so lame. Like, dude, people, yeah,
0: it's it's like they're 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 fun. But like Theoretic- at the end of the day, you can
1: spend your whole life theoretically thinking, "What if?" Like, "What if I hit the lottery?" "What if I do this?" Like, "What if I get hit by a bus, dude?" "What if I explode into a million pieces of candy?" Like, "Dude, what if?" "That's what, what I if would I'm prefer. actually a puppy?" <laughs> like, "Dude, I yeah, what if, dude?"
0: Like, "What if you are?" Yeah, but that's not the what reality if? that you're experiencing. And
1: moreover, like, what is that? Yeah, dirt? like, and in, in, if you're exploring it for the sake of being silly or for the sake of being curious, that's fine. But if you're Honestly, letting it dictate your life, it can be pretty dangerous. I, I
0: think, uh, thought experiments, just the existence of that, that you can go through a thought experiment and go there and your imagination is a testament to like your own godliness. Oh yeah. That is a, a highly a beautifully advanced phrased idea. Yeah, that, I agree. that is a highly advanced thing to do. A thought experiment that would be not even feasible on like the physical plane. Oh
1: yeah. They scare the shit out of me sometimes. So it's like, what, I'll be what would so you do in if my you're head. invisible? You I'll know, be so in like my that? head sometimes that I will be like. Okay, like, I, I've been meditating before and been like, I'm literally not in my body anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I need to find my body again and I need to figure out what's up and what's down. This is how, I've been doing this a lot lately. Not to I don't really want to go into a ton of detail because I think it, like, sucks kind of some of the majesty out of it for me. But all I'll say is I've been having some meditations lately where I genuinely have been like, am I on... Am I like? I think that's the benefit of medi- with, like, meditation. Am I flirting with, what the state of enlightenment feels like? Because are do, the things that I'm doing moving me towards that? I just can't. And I'm you're, you're that turning your back. attachment to it, so I'm trying to not to it in that regard.
0: Yeah, uh, you're turning your back to the world, and I think you get to a state that probably whatever the overall all God is in where just things are and it's just like existing and that's partially why meditation can feel so good when you finally when you just tune out of the world and you just pretend it doesn't exist for a minute i need to go back into meditation i've been really bad
1: at it dude one of the meditations i've been doing Uh, a lot of lately is just like walking meditations alone where i just like let my brain unspool and then once once i've got everything out of my head Then I can just sit with it like it just reminds me. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but when I was in my undergrad, I had this teacher. His name was Frank Cook. Great trombone teacher. Uh, Frank, if you ever listen to this, you had a very big impression on me. You're a great teacher. Uh, Also stand up guy. Uh, I'm trying
0: to not make a tromboner joke.
1: Oh, he he, see that's he would (laughs) have thought that shit was so funny. He taught he also taught the history of rock and roll. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was he was really well influenced on how to be a dude. He was really right. good at being a dude. Like he was the guy like, that people wanted to cool. hang out with. Yeah. yeah. He, he knew how to hang out. Um, anyway, my first lesson with him, I came in hot because we had a miscommunication on when we were going to meet up and I just went into his office screaming at him. I think you've, you uh, might have talked I, I about this no, I was super embarrassed. I was 18 is sim- years
0: old. It's similar to your job story where oh, you oh, yelled I this at so, your boss. I did this multiple times. Hey, you're figuring it out, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, did I just make that connection for you? Yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: No, that's fine. I just like. <laughs> oh, dude, if I, I was like, that uh,
0: sounds familiar when you store men and fuck, dude.
1: Oh, I'm like seeing like the in. archetypal similarities yeah. between those two people in my life, and it's just fucking bizarre. Oh, that is so weird. What the. So you
0: you were 18. I was and 18. You... I just went
1: in there hot screaming. And he just looked at me and he goes, it sounds like you're upset. I'm going to let you go take a walk around the building and come back once you've taken some time to talk to me like a rational adult. And I just took a walk around the building and came back in and we rescheduled my lesson. But yeah. I appreciated that he knew how to defuse me mm-hmm. like that. Oh, that's so weird. That
0: is actually extremely similar to... that's It's the that, same thing. that other thing. boss didn't do the same method but he just the same song to a different dance He let you run your your anger out and then once you were diffused he spoke you guys spoke rationally and then you were like oh shit i was in the wrong on whatever i don't remember what you were that's why i
1: always feel like uh, it's okay to ask people to clarify or ask people if they really mean it i think a lot of the time people oh, just dude.
0: ever since getting my ADHD evaluation I've I try hard to clarify because I just don't get a lot of context like honestly like 70% or more or no I only I only internalize at, at most 70% of hmm. the stimulus that comes in through my senses so and it's uh, really difficult actually
1: one of the things I don't want to minimize that. No, you're I just,
0: good. What I'm trying to
1: get at with this is. I just catch myself hearing people say things to me. Not all the time. I've just heard people say things to me before, especially when it's something that has to do with our relationship, whatever that is in the universe between me and this person. Right. And it doesn't feel like they honestly meant what they said. It felt like they were trying what they said on. Mm-hmm. And to me, it feels like it doesn't fit, mm-hmm. you know, and I use that, that, it's such a cliche. I've said it so many times, but it's like giving a person another chance to like say what they really meant in their heart Yeah, is very well, healthy. And I've also learning, been given that opportunity so many times. Well, by after so learning
0: union, a bit of, you know, I'm not an expert, but learning Me a bit either. of union psychology, I'm like, okay, like what's the Venn diagram or the percentages of like what, how much of what they're saying is my own project, projection, and how much of what they're saying is what they are actually meaning. And yeah. Ever since just becoming aware of that, I like second guess. Anytime I feel slighted, I'm like, okay, I try to just take a real good look at myself. I'm like, okay, did they mean this or? am I interpreting it this way because I believe this about myself or I believe this about them already? Right. Well, that comes
1: back to like the four agreements of like, don't make assumptions. Yeah. That's something I've, I think assumptions induce paranoia.
0: That that's why giving the benefit of the doubt is so important.
1: Yes. And I think the other thing, the other thing, unless your life is in physical danger, I think it is often to be skeptical of your, uh, or anxious thoughts. Yeah, I think it's healthy to scrutinize anxiety if your life is not in physical danger. That's something I've been really working on lately because uh, I actually, I, I spent the last two weeks having heart attack anxiety because I've had bad indigestion mm. and I've done this dance three times in my life at different points. I once when I was 19, once when I was 22 and now when I'm 27, You know what's funny? when I get it, bad indigestion, I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I need to go to the hospital.
0: That's happened to me once or twice. It makes me
1: annoyed because then I get nervous. Then my heart rate goes up and then I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely having a heart attack. And, <laughs> and then, dude, I finally had to say to myself, I was like, all righty, buddy. I was like, if you're having a heart attack, you're having it at the house. And once you start actually having the heart attack to the point that like you're incapacitated, then we're going to call for help. And if it's your time to go, then that's what it is. But yeah. no more hypochondriac hospital visits. Dude, that's and insane. you want to know what the you worst part that. is? You know what the worst part is? I've never had a heart attack. Well, yeah. I've never
0: had a heart attack. I this is like
1: a rational, irrational exploration well, of my I mind. Had, I used.
0: We had okay. a mild technical difficulty, in true, so we lost uh, retrograde stuff. fashion, <laughs> we, we kept going on for like yeah. five minutes after that. And we were actually into a good topic. I feel like it's a subtopic, too, because... We were off, in a good way, off the rails so far that I can't even remember what we said. Or... I can't
1: remember how we got there, but it's like... <laughs> Uh, just here's a little cliffhanger. We were talking about Rockefeller medicine and our skepticism of it. And we've talked about a little bit of this before, but I think I, I can't help but think the coincidence there is that we need to do an episode on Rockefeller medicine and just talk about the, the medicinal practices of the West and just our own personal experiences. I think what we'd be willing to share, I think that could be really helpful. I've been reviewing lately, like every uh, dude, I cataloged every, uh, doctor's visit that I can remember. Oh. Uh, for some, yeah. I could oh, have done that. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. The Jungian analysis of it, like my, my mind is being manipulated. <laughs> it's like trippy. Like I would go to the doctor. I'd be like, I think I have this. He'd be like, no, you have this. You do this, this, and this. But mm-hmm. that doesn't satisfy my brain. Right. What I need is for you to sound out how we got there. Right. You know? even if it's like a hairline fracture or a compound fracture, like I broke my arm, you know, it's a fracture of some sort. I need you to explain it to me. Even if it's like really simple. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, the the recurring theme of all all my doctor's visits in my adolescence are do as you're told. If you do these things, you're going to stay in line.
0: Yeah. Basically follow an authority figure versus like when you look at
1: like the approach of the shaman, the shaman is trying to integrate you into your body
0: or you even know. holistic medicine. Absolutely. It's like well, hey, holistic get, is like the diet sure. version of shamanism. Yeah. yeah. Just make sure your body has the nutrients and exercise it needs. Yeah. And oh that's yeah. That's like 80% of it. If not more, the rest of it's the mind. Right. Right.
1: Uh, well, well, the other thing is like people are so sorry. I, I, no, it, you're good. This, this could be a place to. To capstone it, but... Uh, no,
0: we'll, I, we'll keep going for as long as you're feeling it.
1: Okay. I just can't help but think that, like... You know, I've been on this giant organic spaceship 27 years. If I got 27 more of these, I'd be 54. I've had a really good life. I don't want it to be over. If it ended right now, I would want some loose ends. I think life is too thematic to just end abruptly like that. Mm-hmm. I think that there, there's more as as chaotic as i think the world is i think it also loves to tell a story so that chaos would have to be a piece of something you know Mm -hmm. i would just want that closure but i'm ready to go when it's my time yeah and even if that's right now Mm -hmm. and uh, that's actually a way that i really celebrate my anxiety is by not viewing my life as this abstract arbitrary number Mm -hmm. but as events yeah it makes it feel it, so it, much it more feels, meaningful. It feels
0: well cuz like I've had a really big problem with like trying to catch up after like my years of depression and confusion, especially like back, you know, in my early 20s. Sure. And like I've been operating from this anxiety position of I have to catch up. I have to I have to catch up on all the things that I missed out on. And what that anxiety does is make it so I further can't enjoy just my present life. Right. Um I'm well, a lot better at it now, but I'm still working on it.
1: Well, the uh, uh Gordon White says something really awesome and I think about this with the trauma a lot is that the past is a living and breathing thing. Mm-hmm. And that when we heal it, we're like bringing those pieces back to life. I think dude, I've mm-hmm. actually thought before that the Zeitgeist, the reason that it's on such a nostalgia trip is because it's trying to encourage all of us to explore our past and heal and forgive and love mm-hmm. so that now it just did something again.
0: Oh, I think I leaned on it. Fuck. You're good. I'm so sorry. No, dude. I'm not... Oh, no, we're going. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I'm not bent out I of shape. I think I leaned over, over and hit sure the that... space bar with like my elbow and we lost...
1: Dude, don't even worry. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> before we got riffing like that again. Um, <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> I think life is, first of all, if there's nothing after this and I just go into the abyss of eternal, the maw, um, then I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know. No, you won't care. I'm, I'm, you I'm won't genuinely know. not going to know yeah. this is going to be done. And it, and it was fun and I enjoyed it even when it was hard. Uh, I enjoyed it, especially when it was hard. If this is, I'm less worried about that. I'm more worried about if this is all over and it's like a surprise party. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm into the next phase of consciousness, and it's like, mm-hmm. dude, you took that so seriously. I know. It's <laughs> you like, you know, a, and it's
0: like, you're like, fuck. like Rick and I, Morty, like, uh, they're playing, what's the game called? Do you remember? No. Roy. Roy. Oh, yeah, Where they put dude. on the VR and they become Roy for uh, however long they live. That's right. Or and also, what I thought: What if you die and you like wake up an alien who's coming off of like a hit from like a bong, like oh, some yeah. kind of I've alien, had that alien DMT bong? Like, I've uh, had that thought before. That yeah. makes you incarnate.
1: Yeah. I mean, God. Yeah. No, I mean, and that I, I love that too. I, I love that idea too. <laughs> I've also had the thought before of like, what if you like when you're done with this, you're like in a, you go return to your body and you're in a TP and you're like
0: coming out of like a healing you're coming out of yeah and you're like
1: living through like the spirits of like the native americans Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more of a stretch but i have wondered that before if like
0: just stuff like along those lines like yeah Yeah.
1: you you incarnate like i've thought i wish we had like like solid
0: proof like solid like irreputable like even by
1: so one of the things for me with the incarnation at least for me yeah, I you're, you're talking empirical evidence. Yeah. Yeah, I, hear I can, you. there's actually I stuff, that a there's of stuff that contradicts. There's material stuff that contradicts reincarnation. Like this guy on the Hindu subreddit the other day was like, there's no way reincarnation could work. There's way too many people dying and not enough people replacing them. And I'm like, "Okay, first of all, not yeah. how reincarnation no, works, like, dude.
0: You know, like, what if five people die and they merge and incarnate into one person, you know?
1: Well, not only that. Okay. Stuff yes, like that. Yes. But wh- just stuff like that. But you know? dude, also what it, yeah, yeah. But like, dude, <sighs> I think that that also we have to really reframe our understanding of what reincarnation is and how life is much more simple and nuanced than we think it to be like, what if I reincarnated as a blade of grass? Mm-hmm.
0: Or like. I think it would be awesome like what if you can incarnate as a tree for like 300 years and just rest oh what a beautiful thought you know? dude!
1: there's a meditation in there can you oh dude can you imagine being on mushrooms and just laying down and thinking and you're a 300 year old tree and yeah you, that whole time you've just been resting like renov, re- like re like your whatever your
0: psyche That's is such a cool implants thought. itself into a tree That's such, and such
1: just a cool thought you could get a really really healthy lives. meditation out of that maybe we should
0: develop one. we
1: should totally Tree, yeah, like this, that's very serenit- that's very Ram Dass esque.
0: Serena tree,
1: <laughs> I like it. That's so. Corny. That'll be the name. I of love the- that actually. <laughs> but no, I I mean I've thought the same thing. I've I can't help but think that my cats don't exist on the same timeline that I do. Oh no, I, I don't think that they exist in the same timeline. I don't think timeline. animals. I think do. I think every single day that they exist is a gift to them, mm-hmm. and they take it as such, and they live their life as that day.
0: I think and, even is, my dogs to an extent. Oh dude, that. I
1: just I and I I don't think animals are here to teach us anything. I truly don't. I, I also don't think life is a lesson. Um
0: I think it can be, but uh, yes. it doesn't have to be. I, like I, I don't you th- don't have to come and find meaning in every little aspect of life. You can.
1: I suppose the only thing that my animals have taught me over time is that they don't need to teach me anything. Like there's not an expectation, yeah. there's not, you know, but like the thing that they do is they just be. Yeah,
0: they exist. <laughs>
1: cats do be. And <laughs> that's the best part. Like yeah. yeah, if I start to get a little delusional and I see my cats just like existing and they couldn't care less that I'm having like these these delusional experiences it really forces me into the incarnation Mm. it really it really goes yeah dude you are very much here um
0: one thing i've been thinking about animals lately is i wonder if they're just here to stabilize human consciousness when things get at least as far as pets go when things get too rough because like i can just grab my dog and I immediately like feel better. Yeah. Just being around her. Yeah.
1: I just feel Dude, my cats have been needing physical attention at the most inconvenient times <laughs> lately. And at first I was like, I, I was so in the incarnation that I couldn't uh, or out of the incarnation really that I was like, oh, I'm trying to watch my my anime right now. Damn it. You know, and like just being like a fucking child. Uh-huh. And then I realized I was like, Oh dude, no, 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 no. This is what it is all about. Yeah, and it was like, oh, you know, or and like,
0: if you are God, and like I've been going I, just after reading and doing all of that Neville Goddard, and now I'm reading the Bible metaphorically, and like my kindness to whatever is in front of me is literally me being kind to myself. Yes, like I can't just look at her and not give her like all the scratches, and uh, yeah, like I want her to live as like long and healthy as possible because I also want that for myself. And I feel like if I'm doing that for her in a way, I'm sort of doing it for myself also.
1: Yeah. The universe responds appropriately. Uh, The,
0: this might be a cool also this plays in. So like, you know, a lot of people get anxiety about, they think about like all the poverty and death and suffering in the world. And it, and you know, it's happened to me. It gets you down Yeah, and you can't do much and you're anxious and you're upset. Um, well, like, what if the way to heal all of that is to just be kind to the beings around you, as if, as if, as if they were you and you were doing this to yourself? Yeah. Like, if you like, if you have pets, you know, give them the best life you can. If you have a family, same. And that's the only true way we can heal worldwide. To contemplate
1: them. someone else's hardships is from a place of pride which is induced by the ego mm-hmm. i've thought about this a lot the dalai lama talks about this extensively
0: like how africa needs get like to, a white savior to come bring them out of poverty or something right
1: you, you don't get to live other people's lived experiences you don't get to live their hardships their traumas their their struggles their unhappiness their happiness you don't get to live that vicariously you get to live yours yeah. And, and then when you change the world around you it gives it back to you mm-hmm. it truly does and and the thing is like i've thought before like it's so relative the way that we perceive suffering too mm-hmm. because it's like i just think there's a lot of material conditions that we're like really tethered to in our world no and especially in the west where we're like no, they need X, Y, and Z in order to be able to live to 74 years old and retire by 65. Like, they right. need these things in And they need their 401k, like, no, and they need their Roth. It's like, no, dude. No, dude. Like, I would rather make it... Uh, dude, I would rather live 27 years and know that I was aware that how great every moment had been up till yeah. that point and how much I cherished that. Then, dude, can you imagine being like 85 and still not getting it? That incarnation
0: has to suck. That sounds like a lot of my clients. Honestly. What a sad, (laughs) what a sad, sad waste. Well, it's like, and here's a perfect example is, uh, one of my clients was a previous accountant millionaire, like has a four or five car garage. I'm not even kidding up in like Bountiful or something. And, uh, he has like three or four vehicles And they're like, we were talking about getting a vehicle for our St. George vacation home, but we can't afford it right now. And I'm like, you're still thinking and talking in those terms. You know, you have vacation homes. You have essentially a mansion. You have several vehicles. Well, what's depressing,
1: too, is like they might not even be talking about. They might. First of all, they might be LARPing. They might be like synthetically creating that environment to try to recreate their what felt like the struggle mm-hmm. um, sure. there's a lot yeah, of well there's a lot of wealthy way. people that do that um, I've been around very very wealthy people so they're like
0: LARPing their struggle their to struggle rich.
1: yeah because they <laughs> because that's where that that's the environment where they live like yeah um, I, I've heard the story there's a billionaire in Idaho he's uh, a morally pretty gray person he uh, he's a public figure so it wasn't a, it wasn't
0: Oh, I was about
1: to say it, it, No, no, he's a public figure. Uh Simplot. Is, No, oh. Simplot was in Canada. Oh. Yep, he just had uh plants in Idaho oh, I didn't for know the that. I, Yeah, he's okay. Canadian. Canadian. He loved Idaho for the cheap labor. Uh, um this is I a guy saying. named Keith Vandersloot and okay. he owns Maluka. He's a known billionaire and yeah. he's a he's a I don't know, morally gray. Anyway. Right. Uh he lives Must out in Idaho heard. Falls. He has yeah, like is. he has a redonkulous fucking house like i mean this guy lives on a different plane right Mm -hmm. i have heard and this is gossip at that point but um that he is unbearably miserable to be around because Mm -hmm. he is such a penny pincher right and that like when people ask me what my biggest fear is you know like i'm not scared of like being homeless Mm -hmm. i'm not scared of that because I know I know I would have a lot of fun still. <laughs> I know I know my quality of life would be maybe not the same as it is right now, but I would still enjoy myself, right? But like can you imagine like climbing, Being a billionaire, climbing to the top and, and still, still worrying about money. And still yeah. letting your well
0: That goes okay. to show how important like an attitude and a state of mind is. You know? I
1: think it goes to show how important it is to transcend materialism. And try to what uh, to transcend oh, materialism, right, right. Yeah. you know, like, or, this is, dude, or at
0: do, least just not take it as seriously. Have you even uh, I've,
1: I've been around people and, and you see this with like Kanye West figures and things like this, where they have all the money in the world. So everybody wants to be their friend, but they don't know how to be a friend. They don't know how to like decipher who's a good or bad friend. Yeah. Cause they don't know. So who's they surround themselves with horrible people. I actually have what I call the Idaho litmus test. And it's like the kids that I grew up with that are still in my core from my sandlot and that we've always been connected, the four of us. There's four of us that are like, have held the test of time. There's two that cycle in and out, but four of us held the test of time from Burley, Idaho. And all four of us have a similar character trait that I can't explain, but we all have it. And I use it as a barometer as to how I can trust somebody else when I meet them. And it's like, if you meet, and there's not words for it.
0: Yeah, There's not words. I think for I know it. what you mean though. There's but that. when
1: I see those people in the wild, they always are attracted to me.
0: You just know that they get it. Yep. Whatever it is, they know how to be a good friend, it. dude. Yeah.
1: They know how to be a good, good, good friend. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, it's just funny. I can think of people right now that have like passed the burly test, like here in Salt Lake, and it's just like really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's also funny when people don't pass the burly test and you want them to, and so you like let them in your heart you try or in your head but work. not in your heart yeah. yep and then they take advantage of you and they treat oh, you man. poorly
0: that happened to me real bad
1: oh I, i've done that dude i Ooh. one of my biggest pieces of karma that i have to continue to massage out and work through is this need to impress cool people
0: oh i've stopped i'm I so can't, bad I can't do about it, it. i'm I
1: can't. so bad about it still to this day like i, I mean I've actually been really good about it the last couple of months just because I've been so reclusive.
0: I just, my only barometer is how you're treating people now. And if you're treating people like garbage, I don't want to impress you. I might put on a, like put up a mask to deal with you if I have to, you know, to get through like pleasantries and make sure the situation is as less pain as bearable. Yeah. As bearable as possible for myself, yeah. but once I'm out of it, I just don't ever want to talk to that person ever again. I'm with you, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm really good at that. That's in my astrology. That's that's, that's uh, other people can't handle it, but I'm really good at putting up a face when I have to to certain people who I really don't want to deal with.
1: One of the things I started to realize for myself in my skill set of being a friend, um, one thing is I'm very. What's not in my skill set is my vapid nature. And it's instead of trying to not be that anymore, I've decided to just really become that Mm -hmm. not to the point that I'm being rude or an asshole intentionally, uh, but just realizing that I'm much more fluid. I'm much more like water than I am stone Mm -hmm. in the in my friendships. And that's fine. Okay. Uh, But the other thing that I, one thing that I am willing to give myself credit for is that I can um, encourage people to loosen the fuck up around me. If I'm a little loosened up, I'm, you're going to loosen up with me Yeah. every time, every time. And uh, it's actually something I've been working on without drinking. Yeah. I'm like, I've been having to learn how to like, just like be in the moment and not force myself to like, think like, Oh, if I was drunk, I'd be so much better at having conversations with strangers. Um,
0: is I tried, I actually try to use Neville Goddard's method for it. It's like, if I know I'm going into some social situation and I used to have a, I still do to a degree, but I used to have a a lot more social anxiety. It's just imagining the outcome like, oh, that was a fun hangout or like, oh, that was a, that was a good time, you know, just try to like pre-pave the way for it. Yeah. Just, um, and it just allows me to behave in a lot, just in a, in a way that is more congruent with who I really am uh, around people. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's getting better though.
1: I feel like we this this episode was pretty action packed.
0: Yeah, this is, I'm going to have to like listen pretty hard we to see what we talked so about. <laughs>
1: Much stuff. It literally just started with Che Guevara's birthday. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah, oh, yeah golly. Oh, hey, one quick thing. We just wanted to say thank you to the Wrecked Podcast for yeah. having us on. Oh,
0: I was going to say that to be. Yeah, I'm realizing
1: that we're doing it at the end. So uh only true fans will know. But right. um, <laughs> yeah, they were really, really yeah. pleasant and fun to be with Super and funny. engaging, very um, funny. And very was,
0: supportive of our podcast. Uh, and the, oh, man. They're one of a kind. Go listen to it's the assault city circle pit radio network and uh, specifically the wrecked podcast
1: and to find it on the apps uh, on the podcast app, you look up wrecked. Space podcast, which i, I, I was able to find up. it by
0: just find, doing wrecked, but I knew what the cool. I got myself like. mixed up a couple. I'll times. I'll put a link in the show notes later. So. so
1: and we were on an episode of that. So yeah, that, it should be was, coming out again. A ton of fun. I don't
0: know when it's coming out. Yeah, I don't but, either. But uh, we'll post it somewhere Sick. when it does. Yeah. So and like. Not to toot my own horn, but I was super funny. Actually,
1: <laughs> I, I loved how, I, I yeah, you were getting uh, some bits in there, and I was like, wow, dude. Like I can you're be getting funny. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated really that. Funny. I appreciated that. I was like, yeah, that was very dynamic of a so, group. So, not I, to toot my own horn, but I'm I loved toot it. my own horn. But for you. But, uh,
0: yeah, so shout out to them, especially Dez, Shawnee, um, God, Nathan. I'm trying to remember the names off the top of my head. Dez? I, I remember Des. Oh, f- I'm so sorry. Hopefully, you don't hear this. <laughs> or if you do, uh, you know who you are. Just laugh at me and yeah. make fun of me Please make on fun your fun next of us both. Um yeah. Okay, so yeah, if we're gonna wrap it up, um, consider joining the Patreon. That'll help us uh, continue this wacky journey. Patreon.com forward slash Fake Magic. With an extra key, with an with a K added on the end of uh, magic. Uh, also, even like a one-time donation of like five bucks would be incredible. Um, so go to linktree forward slash fake magic with that K at the C K at the end. And linktree is uh, l i n k t r dot e e. And then you do the forward slash. Socials are. Uh, instagram at fake magic pod all one word magic is spelled with the ck at the end Uh, i'll plug twitter even though i barely touch it uh fake magic on twitter with the ck all one word so yeah thanks for listening Bye. bye bye